Nobody wins unless everybody wins. This is your fight. We're in this game. As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Line Change, the NHL betting podcast from the Action Network. My name is Michael Leboff, and joining me, as always, are Tim Kalinowski and Nick Martin. Uh, And today we're going to go through the nine games coming your way on Thursday evening. Uh, We're we're in pretty uh, hefty agreement here, so we're going to skip the underdog segment, but we do have some dogs we like. We'll get to them. We're just going to go game by game uh, through all nine uh, and then kind of tab which ones are our favorite bets uh, when we get to the end here. And we're going to start with the headliner, the homecoming. It's going to be cinema. It's going to be box office. It's going to be the New York Islanders as a minus 155 favorite on the road in Montreal. Uh, Habs coming back plus 130 uh, at the time of recording. These numbers are varying Uh so be sure to shop around either way. A total of six here. It'll be Simeon Varlamov starting for the Islanders' first uh, game for him in a, in a while. So keep that in mind. Um, the Habs not playing all that well. The Islanders showed really well in a uh, in a loss to Vegas on Tuesday night, Nick. Uh, the Patrick Waugh revolution. It's off and running. One and one. Do you believe in it enough? at minus 155 or are you looking for something better yeah you set off the header you know at minus 155 pass minus 130 play it's right there um i thought i mean it was pretty obvious i thought the Isles played more or less a pretty pretty damn good game on tuesday they owned much more of the play they broke down at the wrong spots and uh you know the one goal was clearly a softy from sorokin which is a bit of a rare storyline um but I do think everything that Patrick was saying about the way that this team needs to change their play sounds smart. It sounds like the correct take. And like you've said, Mike, I think there's a lot of upside to grow just off better coaching. I think it's been more than just not great personnel. So I do think in time we'll see the aisles start to surge a little bit here. Um, and I think the Canadians are absolutely horrible. So I'm not going to talk anyone <laughs> off of this. Um the, the Habs are just getting caved in so bad right now. And it's gotten past just their MO early on. I'm trying to kind of hang around and keep guys below the pucks or below the puck in the defensive zone. I thought Nick Suzuki's comments about that game were pretty interesting. If you heard them talking about how they just broke down in a couple of, of the bad sequences, which was true, but they also spent the whole two first periods in their own zone. So that's what tends to happen. Um, and I think there can be a lot of that same kind of narrative here. So um, I don't mind that. And I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Montembeau went over his save total in a classic look. I was kind of grumpy once it, once the game got going. That would have been a really good way to target that Vegas game. Because I was like so confident that the Islanders would have their run of play. And Vegas is so good at just paying off every chance, even if maybe um, the Rempel one should never happen anyways. But I could see that. I think that I think the Habs will find a way to like make it competitive and it's going to be closely played. I wouldn't hate a look on the under either just kind of the way it sets up but yeah i feel fairly confident the Isles will uh look like the clear better side in this game yeah i mean we i'll start by saying leboff f you and your stupid effing team um 
you know, you complain about their spots and, you know, they never get a good spot. They get screwed by the schedule makers. Finally, they get a good spot on Tuesday night. And yeah, great, Nick. They carried play for a lot. It wasn't um, a good spot at all. Well, Aiden Hill's on. back I was just for the say, nights. Tim, it's come on. You, yeah, finally, yeah. they get a good spot. Was Friday versus uh, the Hawks, who are on a back-to-back, not a good spot? Yeah, but that's a galvanizing spot for a team, you know, after having a game canceled. <laughs> okay. You know, that's that's a terrible spot, too. And so was the back-to-back for Dallas after they played New Jersey. It's just, look, the Islanders are terrible against teams on the second leg of back-to-backs. I think it's like 3-13 and 13 right now, 3-14. and 14, So schedule makers know that. Yeah, I'm just so... I bet it like on open or I got, you know, I got minus 144. I probably wouldn't go to 155, um, like Nick said, but it, they, I'm just sick and tired of this team. They should win games and then they, they don't. I, I would say my one thing that's a little concerning was just like at the end of that game when they were uh, kind of caving in um, Vegas, like, you know, goalie pulled, all that sort of stuff. Like they just, they can't get one when they really need it. And that's like what, you know, that's why goal, they, that's why you pay big money for goal scoring. That's why like these regular season teams can, um, you know, I think of like the Leafs, like how many times do we see them in the last two minutes, tie it up, go win it in overtime. Like I just, it's, uh, it's just concerning that they cannot do that. And I know it's like a lot of variance and luck and good bounces, but I mean, I, I just have a sour taste from that. The Islanders still don't have an empty net goal this season, yeah. by the way. We said that they were the only team without one. I think I brought that up in December, in the middle of December. We're we're now a month later, and they still haven't scored one uh, for themselves. Uh, yeah, I think it's it's Islanders here or nothing. And like Nick said, I think you can go with some correlated ice tilt uh, bets, whether it's the Montembeau saves or you want to put together a parlay with with a couple Islanders. Uh, like I like Nelson uh, Dobson. It looks like Mike Riley's going to come out of the lineup, so you can't use him for shots, but. Uh, he would be another one if he does draw in uh, as a shot prop guy. Uh, it'll be Pierre Engvall's return to the lineup, his first game under Wa. I think he he might be an interesting uh, person to target on on uh, a point or a shot as well. So uh, use those to to make a ticket or uh, just back the aisles because um, I do think this sets up pretty well. Um, um, yeah, and the, the one thing I'd throw out there too, and I know it was very game script. I'm sure their ice time got ran up late. But uh, Wad didn't use the fourth line. Hey, he really gave the big dogs their minutes. Uh, Horvat would probably be my preferred shot target if he's going to be okay. He's is he going to be fine? fine? I know got hit in the face. Okay. Yeah. Um, he's Maybe set four and five under Wad, and I think uh, what Wad wants to do is going to gel with what Barvat and uh, Barzell and Horvat want to do. So I think those two are going to be guys to watch right now and. It's going to be Borvat. interesting. I like that, Nick. Borvat. Borvat. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so we'll see how they do moving forward. I think they could definitely get it going under Wah here. And we've talked about it all year, like what the hell was Lane Lambert doing with that fourth line in some of these spots? And it looks like Wah's maybe going to clean that up. So hopefully for you, Mike. Hopefully. Uh, yeah, Bowie Horvat. We love Bowie. Um, he caught himself a, a NIMBY lawsuit over the summer to – to become a true Long Islander. Uh, I think it was illegal dumping um, of landfill or something when he was getting construction done on his house. So nice. a true Long Islander that Bo Horvat is already. Uh, let's go to Detroit now. We'll go to Motown for Flyers. They're plus 110 and Red Wings uh, minus 130 right now. A total of six and a half. I 
think there's this is maybe the only game we'll have any disagreement on on this entire board actually. I think that Philadelphia is fine here as an underdog. The Tippett injury is a little scary. Do I trust Sam Erson uh, to be the goalie that he was for the, the the hot stretch he had, or the goalie that he was bookended around that hot stretch? I don't know, but I look at these two teams as bang average, uh, or excuse me, bang equals, I should say. And the line is kind of telling us that with with Detroit getting the, the respect for home ice. The difference here is that Detroit's five on five numbers and, and Phillies have come back down to earth, but Detroit's are still terrible. And and, and as Nick pointed out uh, before the game against uh, Tampa Bay or uh, Dallas, they were just getting by because Alex Lyon was in another one of his hot stretches. So I like getting the plus number here. I think if, if it was like flipped, I would be kind of banging the, the Detroit drum more than the Philly one. I'm lukewarm on it, but I like the Flyers. Uh, Nick, you were looking the other way, though. Yeah, I was kind of, I was lukewarm. I wouldn't, I'm not going to have a play on this one, so I won't go too long. They're kind of polar opposite teams, right? Like, I think Philly's still more or less going to be a much better side defensively at even strength. Uh, um, but Detroit's got that lethal power play, and they just seem to be better at taking advantage of their opportunities. And lately, they've been hot. But I agree. It's, I didn't really have a ton of interest in this one anywhere. I think really, um, I don't know how much stock we're putting into, you know, how important tip it is for them, especially a team that, you know, doesn't have a ton of firepower for being honest. Like it's, it seems like, you know, with Philly losing three in a row too, like, you know, all the stuff going on, maybe they just want to get to the all-star break. Like I just, they, they kind of, um, we all, we know they've been overachieving a bit and, and at some point, at least me, I've given them credit and bet on them, you know, quite a bit. But it just it takes a lot of effort to kind of hang around the way that they do, right? And the way Torts makes them play. I just wonder if they're kind of running out of gas a little bit here, getting into the All Star break. It just it's been a tall task all year, and they're they're doing a swell job. It's just I I worry with them being a you know maybe the tippet injury wouldn't be as big of a deal to a different roster, but for them I I think it really really matters. Yeah, Philly is uh, the third best money line team in the NHL per John Ewing of, of BetMGM. Only Vancouver and Winnipeg in terms of uh, units one are, are better than Philly. Detroit's right there too, though. They're fifth. Um, so it does seem like that maybe the secret's out on, on Philly a bit now. and Or I shouldn't say that, just that they're going to be found out. They're coin flip to make the playoffs right now. Minus 110 on each side, basically. Uh so are the Devils and the Islanders are plus two ten. I would say that I'd much rather back uh, the, the the latter two than than Philly to make it. I would I would say I could totally see this if if it does come unglued, it's gonna come unglued in a big way for Philly. Um, Bruins and Senators uh, next. This this line might seem a little funky to a lot of people, but the Senators are getting some respect here at plus one twenty at home. Uh, total six and a half. The Bruins minus one forty two. How can you not? How can you not bet the Senators here, Tim? How can you not bet these guys against the best team in the Eastern Conference? I mean, this is just a smash spot for Ottawa. <laughs> Stop it! Yeah, um, I, I took a little break from Ottawa, but I'm back in. Um, they've they've stabilized quite a bit here. They've taken care of business. It's encouraging. And the Bruins back to back here, Carolina. You know, we talked about. You know, they're going to give them everything they can handle, uh, I assume. 
And I just think it's a tough spot for the Bruins in the back-to-back here. I think something that is is definitely concerning is the Bruins are, are getting healthier. Like, they are pretty healthy right now. So that's, you know, when you're getting a back-to-back and they're healthy, like, that's not not ideal. But, I mean, Ottawa's a play here, right? This is this is a team that's – are they – Nick, are they turning it around? Are they doing it? Are we? Uh, am I going to buy clown face paint here? Oh, yeah. Um, I think they're going to turn around. I like the Sens. There's some big market discrepancy on this game because there's plus 100s out there right now. There's And then there's also plus 120s. And I think at plus 120, the Sens are a good bet. I think, you know, you look at it the last couple games and they did get to, you know, show out versus the Canadians. So that you got to factor that in. They had looked worse under Martin, but now it feels like they're getting going again. And I look at this roster. I have it up right now. Like their offensive lineup with Pinto back looks so good their forward core i hate saying it but the way grieg is playing like stutzla batherson that's a really good second line and then you look at the third line now with pinto down the middle it's the classic sense take but on paper this team does look like a wagon now and i i think they can pay off in this spot i think that this is kind of the now or never push you know i feel like they're you know it's uh just get all these wins before the all-star break or your season's over kind of thing so um, I think that this is the time that I want to buy on them playing Boston and like Tim said, coming off a rivalry game in uh, Boston Wednesday night that should be super competitive with Carolina. I think this is kind of one of those ones that if you're Boston, you might, it just feels like a pure letdown spot. I don't like betting into that too much, but I think the Sens are capable of paying it off. I think they're going to play quite well down the stretch now. With that said, what I bet on the Pens or the Sens, we kind of talked about this to make the playoffs for the numbers that are out there. No, I don't think so. And if you want to know why, just like like there's plus fifteen hundred out there for them to make it, go and calculate what they need to claw back over all these teams who are going to keep having three point games. And I think you'll probably see why models have them at like two percent because they need to win a ridiculous amount of games. If I was to kind of want to do that, I'd rather just bet the sense game by game, right? Because they need to win at such a ridiculous rate. So, um, well, hey, Nick, that we also have worthless sense tickets already so there's also that in the mix but um i i think this is a, the time to buy on them i really think they can make this quite tough for uh boston and if they get a reasonable goaltending performance like it feels to me like a fair way to summarize it is i'm pretty confident the sends are going to hold play to like a to their number plus 120 very often in this matchup and it's just going to come down to like what kind of a performance we see from Buff- boston in goal and if the Sens get any saves at all. So I think, you know, that's a pretty strong case for a bet at something that's plus 120. Yeah, and I'll just add in, even if the Sens, you know, despite their slim to none odds to make the playoffs, at this point, if they have a good second half of the year, they can at least say, hey, we were just missing Pinto, right? Hey, we get, and then we could start the whole thing over again in the summer with the oh, momentum, hey, we missed Pinto. Over. We didn't have enough saves. We could just—it's going to happen, right? Yeah. The roller coaster's going back up again. They'll—they'll they'll make a trade at like the draft, and everyone will be like, "Oh, we're back in." Yep. Uh, we're back. You, the Senators basically need to rip off a eight to ten game winning streak uh, to have a chance. So. And then they can lose one, then they have to do it again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Coyotes and Lightning up next. Uh, Coyotes are in Florida uh, doing the two step, so. Keep that in mind with the back-to-back. Uh, the Oats are plus 170 here. Lightning minus 205. Total of six. Tampa. I don't want to say that they 
they've course corrected, but I think that they've figured out what their winning formula has to be this season compared to like others where they had a little bit more depth, uh, a little bit better hands on the back end and, and stuff like that. Uh, and the, the formula is basically hope that Nikita Kucherov scores at least two points uh, and Braden point chips in and Hedman has been racking up points as well. And then Vasilevsky plays well and, and, see, and get power plays and get power plays. Right. Draw some penalties. Um, but I, I do want to give them credit. Like I think that they've been better lately. Uh, so this number does look justifiable, especially in the spot for, for Arizona and Nick, uh, you're not, you're not running away from from Tampa even at this price. No, I mean I I just think we don't need to go into like what Tampa is right now. I don't think they're doing anything that much better recently. They've had some huge performances from Kucherov. They played quite well in Philly after what was a big letdown game in Detroit that was really important for them. Um, but like I think you can say that Tampa's like the 14th best team in the league and like them at this number right now, which sounds like a bit of a hate on for the Yotes, but. Um, it just feels hard to see how dinged up Coyotes are going to hang around in this spot. I thought that Tampa deserves to be a bigger favorite than this, so I don't know. I don't. I don't love it, but it just, yeah, it, it's tough right now. The Coyotes don't have the goal scoring upside to score their way out of trouble. If if uh, Tampa gets a couple power play goals here, and you know their big guns are probably going to get their looks versus a Arizona team skating in leg two of a back to back, so. I think Tampa can pay off in this spot um, pretty often, and I was a little surprised that there was minus one ninety fives out there on uh, at the time of recording, and I would play down to minus two hundred. Yeah, I, I would say, I wish someone was offering a bet um, over under uh, three points for the Yotes on this uh, little uh, roadie to um, the southeast because. I, I think it's just going to be really difficult for them. I, I think that they're going to hang around in some sense but there's no real way to kind of bet on that. My biggest cause for concern is the fact that, you know, the Yotes, their PK is mid to bottom half of the league, you know, in like the 20 range. And then I just have pulled up here in terms of minor penalties taken this year, uh, the Yotes are in the top 10. So giving Tampa Bay opportunities on the power play does not bode well for them. They definitely have the profile to hang around in a lot of games, but uh, this seems one of them, even if the Yotes say carried like, you know, 60% of the play, it could all be just shattered in one second with a, uh, a hook and call. Scary stuff. Uh, Connor Ingram. I don't know if he's starting tonight or tomorrow, but revenge game. Luck out uh, against the Lightning. Oh, yeah. Devils it. and Canes up next. New Jersey's plus 130. The Canes uh, minus 155 and a total of six and a half for this one. I, I kind of said it about Tampa too, and, and I think Jersey's in, in a similar spot where – they have had to change their identity a little bit um, to try to just win games. Like they're, it it seems like against Vegas, I should say that they were just like sod it, let's win this thing eight seven if we have to, whatever we got to do, um, because the back end is so banged up. But if they bet on themselves against you know even a team like Carolina uh, in this kind of spot, the the Devils will come out okay more often than not given their offensive upside even without Hughes so uh that said it, it is tough to do that against Carolina but you are catching them here in a good spot they, they're playing Boston the night before uh the goaltending edge or the goaltending disadvantage for New Jersey kind of gets wiped out in this one because uh, neither team really has a goaltender they can truly trust 
I think the Devils are okay here uh, at plus 130. Um, they'd be up there. Uh, I have a, my favorite underdog of the night. I'll talk about at the end, but the Devils would be on the short list as well. So uh, Devils for me here, Nick. Yeah, Devils for me as well. Uh, there's plus 140 is the best number I'm seeing at the time of recording. I would play that and I would play small to plus 130. I think that, like you said, it's a pretty good spot for the Devils to uh, pay off some of their chances. They're going to be able to fi- figure out getting some looks. And Carolina on the second leg of that back-to-back. And I think the Devils can uh, hang around. They're going to get their chances. If they get reasonable goaltending here, I just, it seems like they can play to this number. They do lose McLeod, which does suck because he has been actually really good this season. He's kind of quietly become quite important. So that does hurt. Like, I actually think that moves the needle a fair bit. Especially without Hughes. Um, Yes. And then the other one that I'll probably go to and hopefully get some good numbers, I think Timo Meyer is going to be playable on the shot prop. So keep your eye on that. We'll see how much they move it. My prediction on the McCann move was bad because it was more obvious than to most most sports books than I thought uh, that they were playing Chicago, I guess, was the problem that just moved like 40 cents compared to his last game, which is huge. But I think that Meyer could be pretty uh, a pretty good guy to target here or anyone on the Devils top line. That new look top line looked really, really good. And Meyer kind of looked closer to his former self. So especially with McLeod out, I think you can count on that unit playing huge minutes here. And, and uh, you know, you can just that did feel I, I know you don't want to rate these things too much, but that was a huge win over Vegas. They really gutted that one out. So. I could see them kind of following that up and uh, playing their their big guns, huge minutes here, and and maybe that line having a good night. Yeah, I would make a three for three here. I'm on New Jersey as well. If you just played this game right here, right? So goaltending matchup, wash because they're both you know been so up and down or you know mostly down really, and then um, New Jersey's roster injuries, etc. I think that that is a wash when you're talking about Carolina being on this back-to-back from Boston down here. New Jersey will be waiting on them. And then at that point, you're getting New Jersey for a, you know, nice little plus money price here. And that feels like, you know, sort of coin flip-ish. I see, I see value on the Devils in that sense. I think that, you know, all those things kind of wash each other out and then you got a good little hockey game on your hands and New Jersey too. A lot of the teams leading up to the all-star break here have some tough schedules like three and four, some tough travel. We'll get to a team that's some brutal travel coming up, but New Jersey um, kind of lucked out here and their travel isn't bad. So I think that they could kind of catch Carolina here. All right. We'll talk about that brutal travel uh, team. That's the Nashville predators uh, plus plus one fifteen in Minnesota. Wild minus 135, total of six. The John Hines Bowl, Tim. What do you got? Yeah, I'm on the wild here. And really, this is about the schedule for sure. Um, I sent you guys a text earlier in the day. If you just listen to, to Nashville's schedule here, um, as I pull it up, as I, you know, we text a lot. I got to, it's, it's buried in here. Um, yeah, Nashville went at Arizona, then back home. Then they're going to go at Minnesota, at Edmonton, at Ottawa, then back home. So that's 11 days of travel there, or, you know, 11 days, six games within that. Minnesota, with getting healthy again, I think is a like major upgrade. 
these teams are, you know, pretty even with the way that they've been competing all year. But I think what might be missing from the equation here is the fact that when Minnesota was playing poorly, they had an excuse. They were, you know, Gustafson, Kaprizov, a bunch of bodies in and out. Now they're stable again. Now they're healthy. They're playing better. They've won four or five. I think that this line would is just, you know, not giving enough love to how what Minnesota's ceiling is when they're healthy. I don't disagree with any of those takes. I'm my beef is that I'm still a little afraid of fading the Preds, which sounds kind of scary, but I I do think like a more often than not when I watch this team, they actually look pretty good. So that's kind of the one thing. But with that said, their Preds are getting quite a good quite a bit of pred, uh, credit here. Um, so nothing to worry about there. I think and and I do think um, you could keep looking to Marco Rossi or uh, Brock. Faber in the points department if they're both better than even money here I would probably play that too especially because the Predators like it's a huge spot I wouldn't be surprised to see it kind of tighten up a little bit but the Preds have actually been playing pretty consistently high event hockey for a lot of the year so I don't hate the chance that maybe this one breaks open a little bit so those are kind of two producers I'd keep my eye on uh Ducks and Stars I I think of of all the games on the board this is one I have the least amount of interest in Anaheim uh, helped Timmy and I on Tuesday night with a win over Buffalo on ESPN. Nice nationally televised game that was. Uh, Ducks here, plus 250. They're catching the Stars, coming back from the road trip at minus 310. Uh, total six and a half. Yeah, I, I got nothing here, Nick. I I just have no interest in this one. No, the only slight comment I'll throw out there, and I have a feeling the number's going to get moved enough that it's not playable. It'll be popular play, but Wyatt Johnson... And it has been moved up to that Hints and Robertson unit. I'm sure people saw the that I had posted about the Detroit game. And that unit is demolishing people right now. They, they look so good. And really, it feels like just with where Y Johnson's at at this point, like it's actually reasonable to see why they can be even better than they were with Pavelski. And they've been consistently such a good unit. So if it's if like it was plus 110 Tuesday, I think if it's minus 110, so that'd be a 20-cent move, I would still play. But also, the Stars implied total here is obviously even a lot higher than it was versus Detroit. So I, I think it'll probably get that number still be too far gone. Um, but yeah, that was really all I had in in this one. And, oh, and you know what I'll throw up while we're kind of on it? I did see, so someone put out their market on leading goal score in February. And uh, Robertson was 80 to 1. One, which I thought was pretty interesting because he scored at such a ridiculous rate, coinciding with this Johnston line getting formed back together, which is has the potential to just keep dominating teams. And then uh, the Stars have 13 games, which not many teams do. So that's kind of one I'll throw out there now while that's uh, still out there. Uh, probably not mathematically like the greatest bet ever if you actually dive into the the pure odds of any player in the league can win that. Probably a lot of the guys seem like they're more valuable than they are, but I think that's kind of a fun bet. Wow. You, Nick, you saved the show right there because I had nada on this game. Way, way too many good matchups on the board to spend any more than three seconds on this one, but you tell me 80 to 1. Yeah. Yeah. Say no more. I, I don't care about uh, mathematical or anything like that. Yeah. 80 to 1. Count me in. Great job, Nick. Well done. The Chicago Blackhawks are not only the biggest underdog of the night at the time of recording, they're plus 440 in Edmonton. They are the biggest underdog of the season so far, which tells you just that the parity in the NHL, because we were getting dealt some 
big, big numbers uh, on on teams like Montreal, Anaheim, San Jose, um, Chicago, Columbus last year, uh, and this year it's just it's just not been like that. Uh, but Edmonton minus six hundred total of six and a half here. I mean, we we've said it a couple times now with the these Oiler matchups that because they have such a uh, high probability relative to other teams of just naming a score in hockey when it's not easy for anybody to get to eight or nine goals. Uh, you can definitely build something here to, to have some fun. Uh, whether it's some, some a sprinkle on like a McDavid hat trick, a Hyman hat trick. Uh, Nugent Hopkins has been playing really well lately with that, that Fogel Nugent Hopkins dry side line has been, uh, has been going well. I mean, everyone's going well when you're on a 14 game winning streak. So, Definitely explore those options uh, as well, or maybe a reverse puck line on the on the Blackhawks here, Nick. I didn't really have anything here. I thought that the prices looked right, as insane as that sounds. And I don't know if I absolutely had to bet. Lately, they have been nuking the the odds on these gigantic favorites more too for like their player props. If you track game by game, so I don't know. I maybe Hawks first goal, and that was tough too to talk about. I mean, it ties in with Columbus, but that Oilers win the other night was horrific. That was two periods of some of the best luck I've seen this year. They could have been scored on five times. I thought some of those sequences in front of goal just wouldn't drop on a blue jacket stick no matter what. Uh, And credit to Skinner. And then the Oilers played one good period to find their way out of it. But I don't know. I, I The Oilers are playing so damn well. I think maybe they're, you know, you get to a point where you're starting to do be do for more of a letdown, but I don't know. I mean, what are you, what are you going to do with this game? It's just honestly going to be funny to watch this spectacle. I think that, I mean, also to Chicago back to back. That's, 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 that's nice. That's, that's enjoy, <laughs> enjoy that uh, buzzsaw coming in. I, I think we all had something on um, the, the blue jackets against Edmonton on, on Tuesday night. So I I threw a, a quarter unit on the Blue Jackets. Obviously, they didn't win. So, but that was like plus 300. I got it at. So now um, plus 440 in my head, I can throw another quarter unit on the Blackhawks and, and, you know, and keep doing this till I've lost about one unit, I think is uh, is going to be my plan. I can't not. I can't not with, with an underdog like this. So I I'll, what I actually do, I think I'm going to go Chicago, um, you know, plus 440, what I'm looking at right now, and then Edmonton like minus three and a half, like two separate, two separate plays there. And both will be plus money. Cause I kind of feel that's uh that could be the window right there. I, yeah, I kind of don't hate the first period line. It ended up in a tie and then it, and Columbus was probably a better team. They were the better team in the first period. So I don't hate that. I could see going back to that. Maybe the Blackhawks kind of come in and just try to hang around early. And maybe the Oilers are a little sloppy. I'm looking and uh, on money pucks model, they have the Hawks at only a 15.3% chance of winning this game, which is the lowest I've ever seen on there. That is also runs almost perfectly in line with what minus 600 uh, suggests. So they're definitely in agreement with the sports books here. It's just, it's it seems bizarre to look at that. I, um, I'll add one more thing, Leboff. Um, same game parlay, uh, Oilers minus two and a half and under six and a half pays plus 345. So kind of like a reverse correlation there. You're looking at like an Edmonton 4-1 win, 5-1 win. Um, could, you know, like it's, 
you can kind of play around with things like that in terms of you really think that um, the Blackhawks get nothing here. All right, uh, we'll wrap up uh, the board uh, with Blue Jackets and Flames. I think you have an idea of where we're going to go with this one. Columbus is plus 180. Uh, Calgary is minus 220. A total six and a half. We, we were very encouraged with the way that Columbus just played in Edmonton against the hottest team in the NHL. And that was just another encouraging performance from a team that doesn't win. And that's just what the Blue Jackets are. And that's why their prices are hanging at, at these kind of you know odds, even against a team like Calgary, which is uh, you know smack average. And you get the added bonus here of this is a massive two points that the Flames need. Like they need to collect these kind of wins uh, to stay in the playoff mix. And if we know anything about this team over the past season plus, this is where they they just hand the game to the Blue Jackets. Uh, similar to the we were on the Blues on Tuesday night, and that one paid off in in a collapse. So, how about another one here? Plus one eighty. I think this this price is his. This is. This is my favorite underdog of the night. Uh, this is one of my favorite underdogs in a couple weeks here uh, in the NHL. I, I really like the Blue Jackets at this price, Nick. Yeah, that that Flames Blues game was so close to how we handicapped it. Other like, I think that we had specifically said the Flames could outshoot them by ten, and I wouldn't care. The Blues have the avenue to outscore and, and get their way into it. And you know how the Flames games are always going to go. And for me here, my biggest like like for the blue jackets at plus 180 is the is how many of these games where i think they've played to their number and not been rewarded with a win i think that's keeping people from being on to the fact and like you know the most important part of the game is finishing and paying off your wins i get those things but i do think it's been unlikely how many of these games the blue jackets have lost and that they are due for better for what's been dating back like a fairly long spell i think their their play looks pretty realistic or pretty pretty improved so I think this number is too long. I think they can they, they skate stride for stride with the Flames at even strength. And the underlying numbers agree with that. If you look at the last 10 games, the Blue Jackets own a nearly identical even strength share in terms of uh, expected goals to Calgary. They're both right at 47%. So I don't necessarily think the Flames should be much better than the Blue Jackets on the power play uh, big picture either, even if it's kind of gone that way. I think that more or less they'll run pretty even. Obviously, Markstrom's a huge edge in goal compared to what Columbus has, but those are minor if you're telling me these teams are going to look comparable at even strength. So uh, um, I think plus 180 is too long a number, and I would play anything better than plus 165. Yeah, when you when you play around with some of these um, advanced metrics here, uh, Calgary is ahead of Chicago or of ahead of Columbus in you know pretty much all of them, but it's not by much. And when you kind of like put this all together, you see like, okay, yeah, Calgary has an edge here, but well, I don't know, I'd say like 40 cents max. Like it's not, it doesn't get to this um, differential here, even with home ice and all that. It's it's just a little too much love. And, and um, Nick, this would be uh, throw Columbus in the category of covering the effort spread. I think, I think that they, they are perfect yeah. for that. Well, and the one thing too with Calgary that I think is interesting, like you look at a team like Tampa Bay and and uh, I've talked about this a lot, like public models underrate uh, shot quality because they don't track puck movement before the play, which makes a huge difference. So you look at a team like Tampa Bay with Kucherov and they continue to outscore their expected rates season after season. You look at Calgary this year, they're one spot above uh, Tampa in terms of goals scored above expected. 
And that's kind of my point here is I don't think this Calgary roster has like the shooting talent to just pay off more than they have in terms of chances generated. So if you're telling me these two teams are going to play to a pretty comparable level in terms of like the actual chance creation for the next sample of games, then I think eventually their numbers will run closer. And Markstrom's been as good as he's going to be, right? Like he's been pretty insane. He he gave up a really bad goal to uh, give us the win on Tuesday. But overall, I, I think they're like the Flames are what they are and he's been this good and they're still kind of winning games only at, at this level. So the avenues are there. It's ugly. I, you know, hate betting on the blue jackets, but I think they'll play to their price. So we got to do it. Yeah. You, you know, we hate betting on the blue jackets because we do it every night that they play. It seems like, uh, and speaking of, uh, we'll talk best bets now, uh, just real quick, just give out your favorite bet for, for Thursday night, Nick, you hate him so much. Yeah. I'm settling on the blue jackets as my best bet at plus plus one eighty. I, I like. I feel like I have a good read on where both these teams are at. It's scary because the Blue Jackets never seem to pay off uh, their offensive chances and their goaltending isn't good. But I love the chances that they skate with Calgary and hang around in this spot. And you look at their roster too. There's been some questionable usage and there's some bad players on the back end. But also, this is a team that doesn't have like a 29th placed offensive core at all. Right? Like their third line uh, in... Edmonton was Johnson, Bronkov, and Marchenko. And, you know, if Cylinder, he's not a great first-line center at all, but if he can find some stability, like I look at this and I think that the potential is there for them to turn it on in the back half. Um, so, yeah, I, I think the Blue Jackets are continue to be a little undervalued and eventually here they're going to win a few more games than they have been. Love them. Uh, I'll, I'll go with the Senators over the Bruins. Plus 120 is my favorite bet. Great spot for Ottawa. Tough spot for Boston. Senators on the up and up. As as always, they always pay off in these spots when it when it looks like they're about to start turning things around. They always they always do. Can always rely on the Senators, right, Tim? Uh, oh, what's your favorite? Oh, oh reliable. Oh, <laughs> oh reliable. Um, ma- making Nick say the Blue Jackets again for his best bet was the definition of like say it out loud one yeah. more time. <laughs> 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 it's cruel. Um, yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with. So are we all. All three of these are going to be dogs and best bets. Look at that. Yeah. Cause I'm New Jersey here, New Jersey. I, um, I outlined it with the, with the scheduling spot. I think um, net net, you're getting pretty good value on what, what feels like a coin flip type environment here. So three best bets, three dogs, tons of agreement. What could go wrong? Comes in we'll at 13 it. to one. If you were <laughs> going to sprinkle the three, ah, I don't hate it. So the 80 to one, I'm Jason Robertson. The, the lottery ticket parlay you're going to build with Edmonton and, and Chicago. And then you'll, you can same game parlay, super same game parlay with the Islanders blowing out the halves. It's everyone's going to be rich by Friday morning. How about that? Uh, but that until easy. then, thank you for listening. Uh, tell us what you're going to spend your money on from, from with all your blue jackets are winnings. Uh, when we talk to you next time uh, on Tuesday for, for Nick and Tim, this is Mike. Uh, this has been line change. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.